You're listening to First Church Charlotte. Praise the Lord, somebody. I hope you've had a great day today and looking forward to the rest of this week for victory in your lives. I know I'm looking for victory in my life every day I get up, and I know the one who can give me that victory. His name is Jesus, and we praise him today. Let's look at some spiritual warfare in our study tonight. Jesus Christ warns us throughout his teachings in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He calls us to serve in warfare against Satan and sin. He warns us that we will be called into battle daily in this spiritual warfare. Jesus told us we cannot use our fists or a knife or a gun. It will be fought in the spirit world. Now, I know some people get a little heebie-jeebies about the spirit world, but uh, as you study Jesus Christ, he's talking about it all the time. And as you learn what he's saying and how to uh, realize what he is saying about the fight that we're in, you will quickly understand it truly is a spiritual warfare. And so, because it is that kind of a fight, we can't win with our muscles, with our dominance, with our personality. It's only going to be won by the Spirit of God operating in our lives. Let's look at the three parts of this study tonight and of winning a battle and winning the war. First of all, can you fight? And secondly, will you fight? Uh, one of my sons, as he was about 11 years old, had a guy on the bus coming home from school every day, just hassling him, bullying him, trying to make him do things. And he'd come home more than once saying, Dad, this guy is troubling me on the way home from school on that bus. Uh, I, I would tell him, don't you be starting a fight. Don't you, don't you start anything. If you have to defend yourself, that's one thing. But don't start it. And this kept on for two or three weeks, and finally I realized what was going on here, I said to him one day after school, I said, okay, so he did it again today, did he? He said, yeah. I said, tomorrow you can take care of business. I said, now I don't want you to hurt him. Don't hit him in the eye or anything that would really cause damage. But I want you to let him know you mean, business, you mean business, and he better stop hassling you. A little grin came on his face. And I said, oh, Lord, help him not hurt that guy. And next day I was out front when he got off the bus. He come looking at me with a big old grin on his face. He said, Dad, I took care of business today. I hit him as hard as I could, right in the stomach. He said he sat down and didn't give me any more trouble. And the end of the story is they became good friends the rest of that year. 
Sometimes we just got to have a will to fight, stand our ground and say, not taking any more of that off the devil because I've got power and I've got the authority to come against him in the name of Jesus. And so we've got to have that drive. We've got to want to win this battle and have the drive to push us beyond what normally we would go in the spirit, beyond human in, in endurance and find strength from the Almighty. All of the writing apostles warned us that we're in a battle and we better fight it to win it. And we will daily be engaged with the enemy. Next, we want to look at our weapons. It's always good to know your weapons. I used to hear military guys come to church as a boy and talk about how they could take their rifle apart and put it back together in total darkness. Just by the feel of their hands and the tips of their fingers, they knew where every piece went. It's good for us to know our spiritual weapons like the military teaches its men and women on the physical weapons. Then, lastly, we'll look at some spiritual strategies, some battle strategies. So let's talk about spiritual warfare in any kind of battle. Number one, it's important to develop a winning attitude. you got to want to win. How bad do you want to win? Are you willing to pray uh, an extra amount on days of battle, serious battle? You willing to take a little more time, get up a little earlier, say, I got a battle on my hands at work, at college, at school, wherever it's in the neighborhood, and say, God, I need your help today. Help me to do it the way you would want me to do it. Help me to deal with this problem, this situation with your will. And certainly, it makes all the difference in the world if you want to win. Winning over our enemies, which are worldliness fleshly desires, and the devil. Jesus saved us so we would have the power and the authority to win this battle. Praise God. The battle is over sinful worldliness and over sinful fleshly desires. Our own flesh will desire some of the trinkets of the world, some of the temptations that come to us, and over sin of all kinds. And of course, over the devil. And so Jesus came that we would have that power and the Spirit of God to be winners, spiritual warriors, and overcomers. Like the demon said, as those seven sons of Sceva tried to cast the devil out of a man, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who? Are you? And that man with demons got inspired by those demons, chased the man out of the house, down the street, hollering at him. Well, he didn't have the power or the authority. But if you've been born again of the water and spirit, you've got the power and the authority. Being an overcomer is a big deal in God's world. One, one of the main lessons Jesus taught the seven churches written about in Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3. One of the main lessons he wants to teach us is that he's the, he's the one that's going to help fight our battles. We're not in this alone. 
He's going to be right there with us, giving us strength, giving us direction, giving us the power to do the work of God. To the church of Ephesus, the Christians in Ephesus, Jesus said to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To the Christians at Smyrna, he said, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. To Pergamum, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. To, to the saints in Thyatira, he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. To Sardis, the Christians at Sardis, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. To Philadelphia church, him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and I will write upon him my new name. To the Laodiceans, the church there, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to be overcomers. It's more, thank God for the mercy that awaits us whenever we repent. The Lord will forgive us. If we confess our sins, if we call upon the name of the Lord, he will forgive us every time we repent. And what a joy that is to know. However, there's even a higher plane of goodness and grace and strength and victory. And that is we, through the power of Jesus Christ, overcome our temptations, overcome our besetting sins, overcome those things that battle with us. What a joy it is to be an overcomer. And thank God when mercy's needed, it's there for us. Let's look at our weapon systems. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a physical battle, but it is a spiritual battle. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is not a physical fight, but it is a spiritual fight. A few of our weapons are prayer and fasting. A few of our weapons are worship and travail, knowing the scriptures, being able to quote them well enough to whip the devil every time he shows his ugly face. And praying in the Holy Ghost. Singing and the exciting time of high praise as we get excited in his presence to give him all the glory. One of the greatest weapons we possess as spirit-filled Christians is praying in the spirit. It is one of our greatest weapons because praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, builds up our most holy faith. 
As we pray in the Holy Ghost, our most holy faith is built up. I like that. Sometimes we pray, Lord, help mine unbelief. No, we want him to help our faith to get higher than any unbelief. And thank God he will help us. And he will help us build our most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. The verse for that doctrine right there is Jude, verse number 20. So since, since we've decided to follow Jesus and fight the good fight of faith, we might just go ahead and fight to win and win it. Hallelujah. Next thing is what the scripture says about the armor of God, that we should have it working in our lives and working for us. Concentrate with me as we read a modern rendition of Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 11. Put on all, the, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand safe against all strategies and tricks of Satan. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against principalities, the evil rulers of the unseen world, those satanic beings and evil princes of darkness who hope to rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. So use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy. The Bible clearly states, resist the devil and he will flee from you in the name of Jesus. So use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy whenever he attacks. And when it's all over, you will be standing strong in the grace of God. Hallelujah. But do this and you will need a strong belt of truth and the body armor of God's approval. Wear shoes that are able to speed you on as you witness to the good news of the gospel of peace with God. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery darts and arrows aimed at you by Satan. This is a movable defense. Wherever the attack is coming from, you can put faith between you and it. Pray all the time. Oh, the next one is the helmet of salvation. Thanking God and praising him daily for his goodness. And the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. Scripture goes on, pray all the time. Ask God for anything in line with the spirit's promises and wishes. Plead with him, reminding him of your needs. And keep praying earnestly for all Christians everywhere. And certainly in this world, we need to be praying for Christians everywhere. I plead with all parents hearing me tonight to take time to teach your children, even your little children, about the armor of a Christian. It's all spelled out for you in the book of Ephesians, especially in chapter 6. Explain to them what each scripture means and help apply it to their lives. Mature Christians, please review the book, whole book of Ephesians especially chapter 6, and learn of all the weapons God has put in your weaponry, in your place, in your armory, so that you can win daily over the devil. 
the body armor and weapons of truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. These weapons will really fight and win the battle. Jesus defeated no miracles. Jesus defeated Satan. Now, he had been fasting 40 days, so that was on his account. But Jesus defeated Satan by quoting scriptures to him. Well, my, I can quote scriptures to the devil, and so can you. Praise God. So let's do some quoting when he comes around with his temptation. You can also win by the sword of the Spirit, the inspired word of Almighty God. Question. Do we have the authority and power to fight these battles and to win them? Well, I was hoping someone would ask that. I'm glad to tell you we've been given by Jesus Christ the power and authority over all, I said A-L-L, all the power of the devil. Listen to the account in Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, <laughs> even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. If you know your Bible, you know Jesus also said, let there be light. And guess what? The lights of the universe turned on. Hallelujah. Jesus said, "Be I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you listening? Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Oh, I'm getting excited. I better calm down a little bit. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a good word to look up in your lexicon. That word hurt. It means never, nothing will be able to turn you aside from following Jesus. Nothing will have victory over you if you keep your faith in Jesus and his precious word. Notwithstanding this, the verse goes on, rejoice, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, and here's the big miracle, because your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. That's what to get excited about. And thank God that takes a miracle. And the good things, the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is your own personal miracle as you move into the Spirit. And so it's a wonderful thing to have your name written in heaven. The Bible goes on in verse 21. Oh, I really like this scripture because sometimes I've danced in the Spirit at church when the preacher was preaching or when the people were rejoicing and just had a wonderful time. Me and Jesus, we had our own thing going. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. That word rejoiced, if you'll check that out in a Greek wordage, what was re translated rejoice means he danced in the Spirit. Check it out. 
Hallelujah. And so it's a wonderful thing. The psalmist David told us many times, praise him in the dance. And every once in a while at church, someone or some ten just get so full of the presence of God, they got to dance a little jig, either in their pew or out in the aisle. But it's a wonderful time of high praise. And that's one of the great weapons we have to defeat the devil, that high praise. And so Jesus went on to say, God hath revealed these things. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thou hast hid these things from the so-called wise and think, they, think they're so prudent and hath revealed them unto babes, babes that are hungry after you, Lord. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in thy sight. And so it's a wonderful thing. Jesus said, you know, if you've taken up your cross to follow Jesus, you have authority in the Spirit. You have power in the Spirit if you've taken up your cross. Because Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And when we do that, it'll become the greatest joy of our life to follow Jesus. What an exciting adventure. What a great victory. By taking up your cross to follow Jesus, it means that daily we will engage in the battle to do the right thing rather than the wrong thing, to do the will of God rather than even our own personal will. This is the cross in our lives, to do the things the Bible way rather than some other way. The testimony of Apostle John, the writer of Revelations, said this, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren, that's the devil in case you didn't understand that, the accuser of the brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Our conquering king has never lost a battle and will win the war over Satan and all of those who follow him. Now what about you, my friend, my brother, my sister, young person, teenager? You may be a good person, and I hope you are. You may be the salt of the earth kind of guy or gal. But Jesus told us and taught us over and over in the Gospels what it takes to win over sin and iniquity. He also explained in many places and many different ways how to make heaven our home, and how to say no to this wicked worldliness that's around us. All over the world, huge cities are given over to lust and immorality. Huge places of sin abound. But in the name of Jesus, even in those places, there are great Holy Ghost-filled apostolic churches reaching the, uh, the lost, calling sinners to repentance, encouraging the, those who are weak, and giving faith to those who want to please God. It's happening 
Churches right on the gates of hell opening their doors for people to find God and find the power and authority to win over sin. It's explained. Jesus explains it. And then all the, all the apostles who wrote about this Christian walk from Peter, James, and John, from Paul and Jude, all who wrote, the battle is enjoined and the battle is, we're taught in those scriptures how to win this glorious battle. Jesus was clear, however, that we must strive to enter in. We must, one of those words, must agonize to enter in and diligently seek after him in daily prayer. If you're called on to, to learn a new computer language, a new computer program, you know how it is. You know that you've got to get intense about it. You're not going to pick that up just as a casual read through the, the manual. Someone's got to pay the price and study and learn what all of those new symbols mean and what all of that is saying and how to work that program takes intense struggle. So it is serving the Lord. Many people have taken it far too casually. And uh, the, the standards in the scripture, the words of Jesus, the proclamations of Almighty God, uh, well, they'll try to reach them on some days, most days maybe, on Sunday for sure. But it's not part of their lifestyle. Jesus wants to raise you up into the really great joy of serving him and let it be part of your lifestyle and watch as you win victory after victory over the temptations of satanic demons. Oh yes, it's the greatest way to live your life. Victory in Jesus, the old songwriter said, my savior forever. Oh, he bought us, he sought us with his redeeming love. And we listened and heard him as he called our name and filled us with, our, with his spirit so that we could control our spirit. What a great joy it is to walk with Jesus Christ. If you don't know him in the power of his spirit, if you have not been baptized with Holy Spirit power, I plead with you today, seek until you receive it. Don't ever stop. Just diligently go after God. You'll find him. He's not hard to find. He's just listening for a prayer of repentance. He wants to bless you so much. He wants to strengthen you in your life. He wants you to show, to show you the way to live the best life you can ever live. And that's following Jesus, denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following him. The little boy asked his father, Can we live a life above sin, Dad? Dad looked at him, contemplated the question. He said, No, son, I don't think we can live without sin. He said, Well, then how, can, how long can we live? A month? <coughs> 
His dad said, I don't know, son. It's a long time to never do anything wrong. So no. How about a week, Dad? Do you think we could do that? And his dad thought of all the struggles a week can give us. He said, no, son, I wished I could say it. But how about a day, Dad? And then he thought, his dad thought of the times people made him mad, people cut him off in traffic. He heard people talking about him, making fun of him. A bully got on his bumper and stood right on his bumper until he moved out of the way. Just all those things that can be irritating to a man or a woman and the temper that can rise up and sometimes the words that might slip out. And he thought, boy, I can't, I can't make this, make it higher than I can really live. He said, no, I don't think we can do it for a day, son. And I'm so glad God's mercy's there. As soon as we realize we've made a mistake and done it wrong, we say, Lord, that's not who I want to be. That's not the way I want to live. I praise you for power to make me an overcomer over those sins of the flesh. And so the little boy said, well, Dad, how about an hour? You think you could make it through an hour with no sin? His dad looked at him with a smile and said, yes, son, we can do that. I believe we can do that. And the boy looked up at his dad and said, well, Dad, with the help of God, I'm going to live for Jesus hour by hour and see if I can't make it a whole day and please the Lord. And thank God I know if I do make a mistake, if I do handle something wrong, if I do lose my temper, that his mercy is there and I will repent and ask him for grace and strength to not be continually defeated in that area. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life showing us how much he loved us. How about it, my friend? If you haven't said yes to him, you haven't picked up your cross, come on. This battle is not for sissies. It's not for people weak-minded. It's not for people that don't have a will to fight. And if they get in a fight, don't care if they win or not. It's for strong people, people with grit and determination. And when you walk with Jesus, you'll find out you've got more grit than you ever thought possible. You've got more strength in you than you ever thought possible. In fact, without God's help, it would not have been possible. But he's never asked us to walk this Christian walk without his help. In fact, he's promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think we ought to take a moment and praise him for that promise. Holy Father, sweet Jesus, we love you today. And we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for finding us even after we were way out in sin, lost and undone, undone in so many ways. Our, our body was being infiltrated with the drugs and alcohol we put in it. Our mind was being totally feasting upon all the wickedness that's on our TVs, on our videos, in our ears. Wherever we are, there's place 
to hear sin glorified and exemplified and talked about. But Lord, that's not who we want to be. We want to be holy children of the Almighty God. We want to be those that carry the cross every day and are willing to fight and take up our sword and shield and do battle in the name of Jesus Christ and defeat our enemies time and time again. And we know you're going to be right there with us, helping us fight this battle. And we're all going to win in Jesus' name. God bless you, my brother, my sister, my friend. Have a great week. Let's call on the name of the Lord every day of our lives and watch him come. He's just waiting to hear your voice. Come on. Don't be afraid of Jesus Christ. He died to save you. He loves you more than you can even fathom. After 60 years of being filled with his spirit, I cannot fathom his love for me, but he does, and I bask in it, and I praise him. God bless you. Have a great week. Hopefully, we'll see you Sunday in the house of God, singing and praising the Lord together. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.